At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, no matter how you shop, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. All right, Bri, we're coming hot straight out the gate. This is all about honesty. This is your your true self, your true basketball takes. I want to hear. Warriors come out of this game. They win. They tie the series at two. Five minutes left in this game. What were you thinking? Knowing this team the way that you do, how are you thinking that this game was going to go? I was nervous throughout the whole game. I knew how much of a must-win game this was, and I, I expected more from them coming out of the gates. Steph brought it. Um, but, you know, five minutes left. They were doing something where it was like Draymond and Looney in for offense or for defense, and then timeout, and then Poole comes in for offense. Like to be honest, like I, I didn't have much faith. I would, I, I, the Celtics seem to get all of their shots so easy, and if not, it's like a foul or they're going to the line. And I'm, I know we said last episode that we're not going to blame it on the refs, and I'm not going to because the free throw discrepancy was only 19 to 15 in attempts, so yeah. it wasn't even you know that far off. But it just feels like the Celtics get their offense so much easier because they're athletes, like we said, and the Warriors just seem to have to work harder for like on on both sides of the floor. So knowing that, I just was not. I didn't have much faith. I, <laughs> I had faith in Steph, but when Draymond comes back in, you know, it's a little worrisome. He had a great, like, last three or four minutes when he came back in, though. He was awesome. Um, and, you know, when Draymond, Draymond plays well, we win. Okay, so from that moment, now, it wasn't five minutes. It was five minutes, 18 seconds left in the game. Marcus Smart just hits a three. I think it was a corner three. Celtics go up 94 90 from that point on the Warriors outscore them to close the game 13 to seven Boston didn't even score hundred points in this game. Now, the reason why I brought that up is because, you know, we're all keeping up with Warriors Twitter and, and Warriors Twitter is one of the most bipolar things you could possibly follow uh, I get it. Like we live and die with this basketball team just as a fan, but the going from this team sucks, fire everybody. Steve Kirk can't coach to save his life to I can't believe we're two, two to two going game five in the finals. Life is great. Like, like the, just the variation is, is so ridiculous. And I sat there and I thought, I was like, okay, what happens if they lose? If they lose, they go into Oakland. They probably win in Oakland. And then Boston will try and close out six and uh, in game six. And if they won, I was like, they have a legitimate, legitimate opportunity to, to win a championship. So, you know, and, and we're talking about a, a close game, 94-90. And that's the reason why I brought it up is because that four-point difference with this Boston team felt 
bigger than four points. It, it felt like, you know, eight points against the Mavericks, you know, because the because the Warriors could score on the Mavericks pretty much at any point they wanted to. But on this on this team, on Boston, it, it, it comes a little bit few and far between. So I wanted to to call that out because the story of this game is we were very frustrated with Clay and Dre. Like, it, it, you know, you and Ben, and, and Ben Ben even mentioned, Ben obviously Ben Cruz works for The Ringer, was on one of our shows. He, he was like, sorry, guys, I didn't really reply too much to, to the chat because I was having a, a heart attack for 48 minutes. But you and I were sort of having a conversation, which is Boston is doing so many things to make Draymond invisible and I don't know if it's strategic. I don't know if this team in particular is so hard for Draymond, or I don't know if the game has passed Draymond by. I don't think that, but they have really minimalized his, you know, value to the to the to the game in the series. And everybody was so down on him. Same, same with Clay. Clay is bricking shots. He is trying to get himself hot. Just trying and trying and trying. And it's just not happening. But the one thing that he kept doing that I was like, gosh, this guy just wants to perform so bad. He would miss a shot. He would come back on defense and he'd do this clap. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like he's trying so hard to stay in this game. Like he knows how much this 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 is going to mean to, you know, to everybody, to Steph. Like in a sense, it's almost like we can't let Steph down. You know, Steph's playing so well. And in that, in in our frustration with Clay and Draymond, as always, Warriors fans, as always, we took thirty for granted, and we forgot in that moment that he is not only the best player in Warriors history, but he's one of the top, I whatever, however you want to say it, top fifteen players in the history of the league. He is so valuable. And I don't know how he does it. He's the oldest guy out of those three guys. And he's the one who looks the youngest and plays the the best and is, is still figuring things out. He's figuring out how to get beyond the length of this team. S- Steph Curry is putting his stamp on, on this finals. And man, it was just a joy to watch. I, I, I don't even know if. I don't, I don't, I can't, I, I don't even know if I'm giving him enough credit, right? Like just amazing the guy is just amazing i 100 agree um with clay you know clapping his hands to try to get himself back in the game what was pissing me off more about draymond is that he would do he do he started doing the head down stuff like like we criticized jordan pool for and even yeah. when jordan pool would take like a shot a little too early maybe draymond didn't like it head down and i'm just like dude that's just like not how you've you know grown how you've played this game. That's not your brand is he to head down. down on himself. He was, he was getting, getting so down, down on himself. himself. Did we get yeah. a podcast tonight? Uh, I think yes, because he sort of has to answer the whole thing of Kerr taking him out of the game, right? He's got to have a reason. He's got to have an answer. He's got to sort of talk himself through it. Um, and I think, I think that's why he has the, the show. Uh, so Mark Nobita said Wiggins and Looney, we're not going to let Steph's incredible game go to waste. How how val- Wiggins is the second best player on the team tonight. He didn't shoot great. Uh, you know, he he shot okay. I think he shot pretty well from three, from what I remember. He was two of three 
very early. I don't, uh, I'm going to check uh, at what he finished at. Uh, Looney uh, Wiggins finished two of six, so he missed the next three after going two of three early. But it was really the 16 rebounds. Mm-hmm. Those those two putbacks on offensive rebounds were awesome. He only had 17 points, uh, but he played 43 minutes, a high for both teams. Jason Tatum on the other side played 42-40. And man, you know, Jason Tatum, this was probably his best game just on the effect on the court because he was 23-11-6, and six, but again, did not shoot well. 8 of 23, a lot of that is on Wiggins. He shot better from 3, 4 of 8, but I don't know. W- Wiggins is is proving his value. And you know what? You know, the thing that we kind of talked about in one of the one of the series is, is how they may have to make a decision on Poole and Wiggins. And Wiggins is kind of like, you know, I hope you guys didn't forget what value that I bring to this team. And that's not a diss against Jordan, because I thought Jordan played pretty well tonight. He, you know, he had his defensive lapses and they were definitely hunting him when he was in the game, but he was confident. He was go- He was shooting. I-, I liked some of those pull-ups. You know, he could get that mid-range whenever he absolutely wants because they're trying to protect the three. They're trying to protect the lane. He could get those mid-ranges. So just, uh, yeah, uh, just great game by, by Steph. And the only thing that concerns me about this game so so Steph goes uh, 40 minutes, 40 minutes, 41 seconds on the, the messed up foot, 14 to 26 shooting, 7 to 14 from three, eight and nine from the line to go along with 10 boards, 43 points, 10 boards. He's a plus 11. The Looney and, and Wiggins, plus 21, plus 20 uh, when, it, when it comes down to it. I, I don't know. I, I just don't know if does he have that three more times? Can he get to that level? Because, you know, he's play, He's obviously playing on a lot of adrenaline, a lot of emotion. You saw him fired up early on. He was yelling at somebody in the crowd, or maybe it was just the crowd in general for the FU Draymond stuff, because that's his boy. But Steph was more was fiery than, than, than usual, more fiery. He's yelling at the refs. He's pumping his fists, like, very early on. It was a little... Uh, we're not used to that from him. We're used to that late in the game where he lets his emotions out. But yeah, he. I, I just hope that, you know, he's got three more in him. And if he's got three more in him, I think the Warriors are in all three games if it goes to seven. Yep. And, you know, you said that it's the decision between Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. And I'm known to jump the gun on a lot of things, jump to conclusions. And, you know, they, I'm usually right in the sense of, the decision making it comes to so far, at least since I've been doing this. Like, remember when I said, you know, I, I think De- DeAndre Ayton might be out of here like pretty early, and now it kind yeah. of feels like he's out. Like, I wonder if the decision between Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins is now turning into the decision between Jordan Poole and Draymond Green, or Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green. Right, he might be jumping the gun, but I wouldn't rule that out of the picture. Even though Jordan again, Jordan Poole for uh, DeAndre Ayton, who straight up, who says? <laughs> But yeah, amazing Steph game. Can he do it for three more games? I hope so. I I genuinely think that the Celtics have the better team. I just think that we have the best player by far. So like I, 2015. You know, we mentioned in the beginning of this series that experience should matter. It should count. And I don't. In the first three games, it didn't really 
matter that much, at least as far as my eyes could see. But it really mattered in this game because the Warriors got that little bit of lead. They finally overcame the fourth quarter curse that Boston has on them, which they have on Boston in the third quarter for whatever reason. And Steph had the ball and it was like, okay, we're up. They're missing threes. We got this. This is what we do. And I think it was the first time all series that I thought, yeah, this is kind of that chant that that gold blooded, right? The championship blood, the experience, the three rings, the guys who have been here before. This is the first time I felt that all series long. And it was going to take the crazy game in in Boston with, you know, the the loud crazy loud fans and you know, the yelling at Draymond and unfortunately for Draymond like I, I don't know. He he didn't answer that bell. He, I'm sure he's going to get the, at least for the most part, he'll get the cheers at Chase. Uh, uh, maybe unless he he plays back. I know, Jeez. but uh, but you know we. I think the fans got his back. As frustrated as they are, or as they could be with him, ultimately you don't win three titles without Draymond. And if you remember 2016, you know they're, know. they're up three one, and then he gets kicked out, and he really tried to make amends for that, right? Because he's the best player. In game, in game seven. seven at home, he's the he's the one who's having the good game. And it's, you know, these other guys who aren't playing well. So have we had that type of Draymond game since 2016 game seven? I feel like, like a 30 plus point game. Yeah, I feel like he played fair. He played pretty well in one of those Toronto games when maybe when KD got hurt, he kind of he had to play well, but he's just not that player anymore unfortunately and you can't sort of expect that to come back because i think some of it is youth some of it is the athleticism some of it is just the the beating that his body has taken and you know the i I remember um i don't know if you follow nate jones on uh, on twitter but nate jones he's a really smart guy i don't even remember how i found him but he works with uh, dame lillard and um I think he's been working with Dame for a while, but he also has these uh, this company. It may, I think Dame is involved in this company where it's for inserts for your shoes and stuff. But anyways, Nate is a marketing guy, and I, rem- I very clearly remember this. He said uh, when Draymond was you know, the best defense player in the league, so we're talking 2015, 16, 17, right in that range, he said the unfortunate thing about Draymond is the second he loses a half a step, his game changes because what is so great about him is not only is he strong, not only is he smart, but he's also very quick for his size. And I think we're seeing that now. He has definitely lost a step, and sometimes he's got to cheat in some ways. And not to make this about Draymond, but the other thing that I kept thinking about today, uh, you remember the Jalen and Jacoby podcast that we used to listen to all the time. Uh, when you and your you, when you and JJ were in high school, so when when uh, when LeBron left the Heat, uh, D Wade was kind of on, on, on the descent down, right? And Jalen Rose said, "What's D Wade's nickname?" And uh, David Jacoby said, "Flash." And then Jalen Rose said, "I think we're going to have to change it to Flashes." Because we only see that guy in flashes. We don't see him all the time. And so with both 
Dre and Clay, I was thinking about that a lot. Like, you know, how much of this is the fact that we just remember these guys for who they used to be. And they could still be valuable on this team, but we're sort of comparing them to the 2016 mm-hmm. and the 2017 version of themselves. Well, which is probably, which is because of 30, right? 30 yeah. is the same guy, and those two guys aren't the same guy. I just think that with Clay, that I think that might be jumping the gun just because, you know, everyone always says it, but it's true. The two major injuries, the two worst injuries you can get in basketball, ACL, then Achilles. Like, I still think he needs some more time, like a full uh, a full summer of like working out, you know, like when's the last time he's had a full summer of just getting to just getting to play and, and work out like he hasn't had that since they drafted James Wiseman and then he got tore his Achilles right before that. OK, so, well, he- here's a question, though. Is KD the same athletically as he was before the Achilles tear? No. Um, no, he's not. But I don't know. KD's the main focal point of a defense. So I think if they can exploit that, then sure, maybe he isn't the same player that he was. But with Clay, he's like now becoming second and third option. If all he needs to do is just play, you know, semi good defense, obviously he's moved to guarding wings more than guards like he used to. Um, but if all he needs to do is like hit shots, like I, I've, I've, when they look at all the, the players that have, you know, had this injury, it, it's, it seems like it's more on the defensive side that they lose a step. You know, Clay's not totally relying on athleticism. He's relying on shot making and, and the ability, I guess, to move his feet laterally because he's trying to guard guards. But if he's guarding wings now and all, and he just still gets, gets to shoot threes, we're not completely relying on him to shot create, but no, I think he'll still be fine. But with Draymond, like you say, like we're relying on our his 2016 version. I'm relying yeah. on first half of the season, Draymond. <laughs> that guy was a defensive player of the year by far until he went down. Yeah, yeah. It's not too much uh, yeah. to ask for. Look, look he, he, had, he had a really good first half. I think the thing, it's, it's just the intensity in these games, especially on the defensive side. It just wears down on the older guys. Well, also, it wears down on the guys who can't shoot because... I don't know if we'll talk about this in in a second, but Boston was guarding him in a way that was so disrespectful and and they couldn't take advantage of it. We'll we'll get to that in a second because I want to get to our second point here. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. 
Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. I don't know if this even meant anything. Looney goes to the bench to start the game. Porter Porter is the is the four, is the long ball four. Draymond is the five. Was there anything to it? Because they very quickly went back to their starting lineup. So if I, I guess that and their closing lineup, right? Because they, they were closing with these guys, at least defensively, and Poole would come in uh, when they could sub out Draymond offensively to get, you know, to to get the 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 four shooters plus plus Looney in there. But d- did this affect the game in any way? I don't feel like it did. I feel like mm-hmm. it was a, a change for the sake of change. And maybe in maybe if you run this back, uh, you know, a hundred times, maybe there's a there's a few instances where Porter just goes off and the offense is clicking. But I don't know. I didn't really see the point unless it meant Draymond was going to play a little bit less. And and I'm looking at the the minutes. Draymond played 32 minutes, so maybe that's a, a few minutes off. Uh, but it's not like. Um, you know, it, it's not like Porter picked up those minutes. Porter only played 14 minutes. Uh, GP only played 10. Jordan Poole played 20. Uh, Bielitsa played nine. And oh my God, three <laughs> of those minutes almost lost them the game. And that's not only him. It's sort of the the rotation around him. Uh, when, when, when Kerr put him in and then he couldn't get out on that three and they hit the three, I was like, okay, take him out now. Like it didn't, it didn't work. It absolutely didn't work. And Kerr stayed with it for like two more minutes, and then they're down five. Thankfully, you know, we had Steph. Oh, that that if they lost that game, I think, you know, the Marcus Thompson question would have been, you know, if you could take those B elites and minutes back, would you? Because I, I that was possibly the game right there. But are you calling yeah. him the the Verjao minutes in 2016? The Verjao minutes. Um, there were others, right? There, there were other people. In, was it Festus minutes. or the lack of Festus minutes? Well, in sixteen, it was uh, no Bogut, so they had oh, to go yeah. Festus, and then LeBron was just like, "Oh, Festus, come over here, guard me one on one." Yeah, I, I mean, I, but I wonder what what do they do in game? Uh, what do they do on Monday? Do they go back to the same starting lineup? Do they start Porter? Do they start pool instead? I thought that was going to be the move because I thought, okay, if if Steph is a step slow, you bring the extra ball handler in and and maybe that helps. But it absolutely they didn't need him. Steph was fine. He was, you know, I, I'm sure they had they gave him some medicine for that foot before the game started. But geez, that dude was you could you couldn't even tell he was hurt. I know. And with the auto starting. I feel like it was just to get offense and Otto had like two really good looks that he just couldn't convert on. And, you know, he had an awesome game one. Like he had a rough stretch at the end of the regular season where he stopped being able to hit threes. And we're like, dude, your whole career, you've been marketed as a three point shooter. And then he, he, he picked it up in the playoffs again. It was becoming some knockdown shooter again. So I get the move on offense. Yeah. He, he has two open threes. That's six points right there that, you know, were wide open for the taking from him. But yeah, they quickly brought back Looney. I don't know what they do with the starting lineup. I texted in my chat today with my friends and I said that, you know, we'll see what they do today. Maybe it's changing the starting lineup, but I highly doubt it. And then boom, starting lineups changed. So I don't, I don't know what they do. What I do think though, I don't know if this is off topic or not, but I felt that when, when Boston 
okay. So I know we've been saying that Boston plays drop coverage. Drop coverage is more like when the big drops into the paint. You know, the Al Horford or Rob Williams aren't dropping to the paint. Steph's doing, they're doing like they're a high drop. Screen. They're essentially dropping behind the three point line. Uh, like slightly. a step, maybe yeah. like a step. Yeah. It's because they're, they're having to run like such high pick and rolls. Um, but if Boston doesn't blitz Steph and they're just playing this alteration of a drop coverage, I think that's where Draymond is a little ineffective because I like Draymond most. Obviously, he's good with, you know, swinging the pass around and finding the right cutter and stuff. But I, I more like him in that decision making role when it's pick and roll. They blitz Steph. Draymond gets a open to the basket. Now it's two on one offense. Draymond yep. and say yep. Looney. I think that's where Draymond's best. Yeah, we talked and, about that during the Memphis season, the Memphis series. Yeah, like, totally. that's exactly what, what, what we wanted to see them do. And the and Boston, because Steph had 40, they started blitzing him at the end. And then Draymond becomes effective because he gets that two-on-one situation. I still think he was hesitant to shoot, even a layup. But, you know, he was able to find Looney. And uh, I think he had another good offensive rebound play. But uh, we'll see because I could see this. I don't know, man. Steph just keeps going off. Are you just going to keep letting this guy go off and, you know, hope you replicate that same offense? And you on the Celtics side? You know what? If this game was at Chase... And the crowd is a little different because we know the crowd can affect referees and 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 sort of their anticipation to stuff. Steph would have got uh, uh, at least two or three and ones on the three pointers, um, and he would have probably been he 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 went eight of nine from free throws, and a lot of that was late. He would have put up fifty in chase in the same game in the same plays just because of the you hometown the, the crowd. Home you get yeah, you get the home whistle, and uh, so. I think that bodes well for Monday because if he comes out to play and he looks like he is a man possessed, I think that I think they're going to get uh, a, a good whistle on uh, mm-hmm. on Monday. So and what okay. I will say about the Celtics, though, is I think you mentioned it with, you know, experience should experience matter tonight. It mattered. I think experience matters where, you know, Tatum's feeling it right. And you know those shots where it's like, okay, they just the Celtics just made this really big defensive play. If they get it in transition, that's just a killer, right? Like, you know, those specific shots where some shots mean more than the other, regardless of the score, just because the you got the crowd momentum and you're at yeah. home. Yeah. I feel like Jalen Brown sometimes just decides to like just try to bully his way in and just loses the handle, boom, turnover. Yeah. That's yeah. lack of experience from him. Marcus Smart on the same direction just chucks up threes when sometimes yeah. when they have that advantage. It's like they sometimes don't know how to feed the hot hand, which might not go well in their favor. It's a great point. I I told you that the last game, I thought it was a winnable game because certain things happened that I'm sure Boston fans didn't necessarily want to see. Marcus Smart, he hit a couple big threes, right? But what about the, the ones that he what about the ones that he missed? He was three of nine tonight. Mm. Um, he had uh, he was a minus seventeen. Uh, Jalen Brown, like you said, there were a couple turnovers, but when I look at the box, he only had two. You you know how many Jason Tatum had? No, no, I don't. He had six turnovers tonight. Mm. So Boston had fifteen. The Warriors had a good share of their own. They had they had uh, sixteen turnovers, and Steph had how many? Five Steph had yeah, yeah, five. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you know, I I think. I, I definitely, I definitely understand that. Uh, you know, something else that is kind of is, is such an interesting stat. So Derek White was three of five from from three, and he was uh, one of seven from two, which is kind of weird. It's just it's just like a weird stat. 
Um, you know, but you know, Jason Tatum four of eight from three, and he's four of uh, fifteen from from two, and and three of five from the line. So I, I don't even know, like, uh, I don't know enough. I didn't watch enough Celtics. I know when I'm watching the Warriors uh, against the Celtics, my my feeling is when Jason Tatum settles for a fadeaway, even when he mm-hmm. makes them, I'm like, okay, I can live with that. The thing that's so hard is when he uses that long stride to get close and he's got these, you know, these very creative ways to score. That's when I'm like, ah, this guy's unguardable. Jalen Brown is not as talented. And so he doesn't have all of those different ways and he's not as long, but I feel less comfortable with him putting his shoulder into somebody and getting to the hole. I just think he's going to score every time and he doesn't, but still he was the, he was the, you know, he was the nine of 19 shooting versus Tatum's eight of 23. I still feel like he's the guy that hurts the warriors the most just because he can get a bucket. He can get a hard two when the defense is, is perfect. He can just because mm-hmm. he's so physical. So he's still the guy that I fear the most, even as, as talented as Tatum is. Well, because you look at it, Tatum, I think Tatum's best games were games two and four. And that's the only two the Warriors have won out of the four. So you might be onto something. Robert Ramos checking in. He he was on baby duty tonight. He's got a a young, a very young uh I guess she's not she's not a newborn anymore, but she's uh uh, infant, I guess. Uh, she's only she, she's several months old. She was born during the football season, so maybe she is more than more than a several a few months old. Uh, so the the other thing that you know the Warriors had a short bench today. They played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, they did play nine players, but Peyton and, and Bielitsa only played nine minutes each. No Iguodala. No Iguodala. And we were talking about this earlier. <laughs> They're no not Kaminga, no Moody. And if They're... if there was a if there was a game to try them, uh, may, may, you know maybe if uh, may, you know maybe if the game had had gotten a little bit. Uh, what what was the the largest differential in in points in this game? I like what was the what was Boston's biggest lead? I didn't feel it. Didn't feel like it was very large. I don't know how to look to... this up either. Yeah, I wish I wish this stuff was easier to find. Uh, let's see. Is can I see it? Okay, so so the lead changed eleven times, and there was ten ties. But it doesn't tell me. It feels like it was around like eight to eleven, is what I would guess. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Do you know? Do you know the Warriors won the second half, fifty-eight to forty-three? Did it feel like a fifteen-point? Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like that, huh? I, a lot, a lot of that was the late free throws. Yeah, but okay. So uh, my next point here is technically my last point. So late in the game, Kersich Draymond for offense, and Boston treated him like the Warriors treated Tony Allen in 2015. They didn't guard him, and there were moments where he was like just in the way on offense. Because there was no there was no defensive player near him, and so he was just like, I, "Where where do I go? Like I don't know what to do here." And uh, unfortunately for Draymond, I think that really messed with him. Uh, he was, I 
you, it's it's a rare occasion where you see his bravado, where you see his ego hurt in the way that it was today. He couldn't do anything, missing layups. Uh, defensively, Jalen was kind of, you know, one on one move, boom, fade away, boom. And those are, you know, usually they used to say, uh, I, this is a Fitzgerald thing. He used to say, you know, I don't know why anyone goes in the post against Draymond. It never works out. And Jalen Brown was like, I'll show you how, how good I can do in the post here. And, and so, you know, he was so down and I will give him credit. He kind of, he, he could have gone the other way, right? There could have been a foul that didn't go his way. There could have been a uh, an offensive play where he screws up and then he's going to go crazy because he didn't get a foul call or whatever. He could have gone that way and, and, and the game could have gone away from him. But he didn't. He sort of accepted what was happening and was like, okay, I just have to figure this thing out. Now, offensively, he didn't. He was still like one of seven, I think, from the field. Uh, is that right? He was... One of seven from the field, 0 of 2 from 3. He does end up with nine rebounds and eight assists. And the nine rebounds, there were some clutch rebounds in there because obviously, as as we know, um, you know, Al and Robert Williams and Tatum, they're very long. Tatum ends up with 11. Robert Williams ends up with 12. Robert Williams played 31 minutes. Wow. He was was a plus six for Boston. He was the best guy uh, in, in the plus minus. And so, you know, battling these big and long guys, you had Looney. Looney got, uh, Looney pulled 11, Draymond pulled nine, Steph pulled 10, Wiggins pulled 16. So these guys were battling. And I will give Draymond credit, even though, you know, like we said, he was a little frustrated. He was down. He sort of accepted that and was like, okay, I have to play better in this fourth quarter. And he was getting out on on Jalen. He was making things uncomfortable for Jalen out on the perimeter just kind of like being a nuisance. And he was being that version of Draymond that we needed him to be. And he accepted what happened. You know, I, I, in a, another version of Draymond, I could see him being frustrated coming out of the game when Kerr pulled him out of the game, but he accepted it. He was probably a little relieved in a sense of like, okay, good. I don't have to shoot. And uh, do you know, do you remember late in the game, uh, Steph has the ball, Kurt, uh, the pass it to Clay. There's like 20 some odd seconds left in the game. And Steve Kerr calls a quick timeout. And uh, my friend, uh, Mary Walton, she tweeted, she's like, why did Kerr call that timeout? And I just responded. I was like, the only open man was Draymond. Nobody wanted Draymond to shoot those free throws if he got fouled. So it was like Kerr saved him to call that timeout. And okay, let's, 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 you know, come back and do this again. But yeah, I I I give him credit though. He played bad. He's got to step it up. If he plays as poorly as he did in game 1 and game 3, uh, it, it it may be tough to win the series. If he plays like game 2, they got a shot. And if he plays like in the fourth quarter of game 4, they also have a shot. What did you think about how Kerr handled Draymond late? I think it was the right call. <laughs> um you know, I hope I hope Draymond. I think Mark Jackson was saying on the broadcast that if Draymond does his podcast, he's going to address it and he's going to say, you know, if I was coaching, I would have taken myself out too. That kind of cliche BS. But, he, I, but I, he's also he's also yeah, Mr. Self Aware. We know oh, right, right, right. We 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 mentioned that, but he's also honest in a sense to where 
he's not going to say he played great if he didn't believe he played great. Um, and, and, you know, look, the, there, there is something to that. Now, we kind of made fun of him, his, his self-awareness last, last uh, show, but there is something to being able to look yourself in the mirror and go, okay, I didn't play well because, and not just for the media, right? And I think what you're saying is some of it is he's doing it for the media so that they know that he knows, but it's some of it is also you, you got to look in the mirror and accept it and go, okay, now how do I fix that? And he didn't fix that for three quarters. Some of, you know, the coaching, maybe it's the coaching. Maybe we'll see a great story from Kawakami about how, you know, Kerr had a, had a heart to heart with Dre or Whatever it is, but that was the right move. And also it helped him play better. So I don't know if that was the intention, but it also helped him play better. Yeah, and I, I would rather have a self-aware player like Draymond who understands when he has bad games than say like Kelly Oubre Jr. on the Warriors probably looked himself <laughs> in the mirror after every game and thought he was the, the best player on this team. Like yeah, that guy would just shoot like he was Stephen Curry. But um, yeah, I would rather have the more self-aware guy. But no, that was my issue. Can we get to a point where we don't have to, you know, be apologetic for playing bad? Like, can we just finally, you know, have yeah, just, have a game two, have just have play a well quarter of this game, just play well, dude? Like, yeah. And I do, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep piggy like tag tacking on to. I, I think, I think I'm right that you know Draymond's still a good connected playmaker. Um, when when they swing it to him and he swings it over, finds the open cutter, that's all great and dandy. But if this, if they don't blitz Steph, I do feel like he's not as effective. Okay, so uh, Jeff Van Gundy made a point that I was like, you know, just it was just me watching the game. I was I was being vocal whenever they cut or whenever they drove to the rim. Robert Williams was gonna go block hunting, and if Draymond just cut in the middle of the mm-hmm. key, he could have had some it. easy dunks, right? But he's he's watching. Because he doesn't want to be involved in the mix. He doesn't want that basketball in his hands anywhere near the rim. Draymond himself has to think has to think of even if, you know, I, I just have to tr- try and forcefully dunk this thing. Mm-hmm. And if I get fouled, I get fouled. No big deal. But he doesn't have to try and get creative around the hoop because Robert Williams is out of the play. Who's going to block his shot at that point, right? So mm-hmm. I was the, the first time that happened, I screamed at my TV like Draymond's got a cut. And then JVG said the same thing. And they said it again, which I thought was like, yeah, like unless the idea is that Draymond's got to stay back for some reason, then then whatever. But I don't think that's the case. I think he's just apprehensive around the hoop. He doesn't want the ball there. This is the perfect way for him to get the ball there, though, because he's just going to have dunk finishes. And that's how he's going to get mm-hmm. into it, right? He's going to get some dunks. He's going to start beating his chest. He's going to start flexing. And he's going to start getting in the rhythm of the game. By not attacking the basket, he allowed himself to stay on the outside and to stay apprehensive. And I didn't like that. Yeah. And um, I also think that Wiggins wasn't totally looking to pass. Uh, like, I think, you know, when we got Brad Wanamaker, this is completely off topic, but he was a Celtic. <laughs> he was a Celtic. Um, I remember listening to Warriors Plus Minus, and they were trying to get intel on the guy. Because, like, I mean, no one really knew much about Brad Wanamaker. I knew yeah. he was on the Celtics. I knew he was like a backup point guard or the third backup point guard. But the story, the intel that we, 
that you, you get from watching tape on Brad Wanamaker is that, you know, he gets tunnel vision when he drives to the lane. And that was totally true when he joined the Warriors. But I thought that Wiggins and Poole were just trying to sometimes, and even Draymond, I think he, whatever accumulated of Robert Williams blocks, I think it was everyone who was just like, we need to get a shot up. We're not attacking the hoop. We, let's try to draw a foul. And everyone was just having tunnel vision. Like, I don't think Wiggins was even looking for the Draymond cut. I think he was just like, I got to shoot it. Like, I got to try to get a foul. I got to do, I got to do something here. So yeah, some of, of it was guys- late. You're right. Some of it was like really late in the shot clock too. Um, well, as we look forward to uh, Monday, I'm kind of interested in, in what your outlook is for Monday. What do they need to do to continue uh, to, to, to continue the momentum from today? God, it's not game six. It's game five. Uh, I was going to say Clay, but... Uh... <laughs> Didn't he have a big? He had a big game five against Dallas. So, Dallas, yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, we've won two games now that weren't Clay games. That was more of Steph and Poole. I don't I actually don't know who the second highest leading scorer was. It was was it Wiggins with seventeen? Uh, it was. Uh, uh, Clay had eighteen. Oh, Clay had eighteen. Clay, Clay was shot four, awful. Clay four of ten from three. He had a couple late. That's not awful, but. You know, yeah. Other than other than that, he was a three of yeah. seven, three of seven from two. What's hey? What do we do? Like, I don't know. It's just it's just it's Steph carrying man. He's just mm-hmm. I haven't been shown by anyone other than like Andrew Wiggins that they could someone else can be like consistent in this series. So, you know, you could hope. I could hope for an, a good clay game. I could hope for you know Jordan Poole to show up. I. I guess I could really try to hope for Draymond to show up, but I think it'll be more than the same and it'll just fall in our hands if, you know, depending on different factors, maybe depending on how the Celtics turnovers look or how, you know, they, like I said, they, they rush some shots on some probably very important possessions that they shouldn't be rushing shots on. I can't think of anything for the Warriors. Um, I'm sure Steve's thinking of something. This is why I'm not a coach. Uh, I'm still going to push for, for Kaminga and Moody. I, th- I think game four was the, was the game to try it, but I'm not ruling it out of the picture for game five. It does, if it doesn't happen game five, though, it's not happening ever. Um, but uh, yeah, well, I'd be interested to think, well, what do you think? Uh, I think Draymond needs to, to have a, a, a little bit of a come to Jesus meeting with himself he is not going to be effective as this really passive player. He he can look at the box score and say, "Oh man, you know, seven shots, I missed six. They they weren't good shots. That's the problem. He can do so many more things if he trusts his offensive game. If he sees himself coming downhill, he's got a floater. It's not the b- most beautiful floater in the world." But it goes in, you know, he's he he he's not going to shoot that three. They're daring him to shoot the three. That's unfortunate because he just, for whatever reason, he cannot pull the trigger on that thing. And I think it's playing with his head. But, you know, if I'm him, I would say attack, attack, attack. If, if you got to shoot, you know, three or four runners, like shoot them. Because what's going to happen is, as Draymond has the ball, they're going to be looking for him to pass. And I think he's going to see some lanes that he wouldn't necessarily see just because of the way the Celtics are playing him. And if he's just aggressive, he may get a foul call. 
If he tries to put somebody into the rim, he may get a foul call. But if he's going to try and lay it up and, you know, he's going to try and bounce into to contact, they're, that's exactly what they're watching for because they don't think that he can get there. He just needs to play the game straight. He's not gonna. He's not gonna be able to attack Robert Williams. We know that. But what he could do is he could get Robert Williams to notice him, and he could get far enough in the lane and get creative around the bucket, and then find an open shooter. That's what he's good at. But he's not willing to get that far. He's so scared to get in the middle. He's passing it before he's even making the defense react. So I think that's number one. Number two. I think we need a, a a good Jordan Poole game. We had the B minus to B Jordan Poole game today. Six of 13 from shooting, only two of seven from three. But at least he was confident. This is the game for him to get comfortable, for him to get confident. It's at home. There should be some mo- a momentum high off of this game. I think he's really got to attack because if he even if he misses, right? There's nobody else to attack other than him and Steph in some of these situations. We know what Clay's going to do. Clay's going to hunt for his his shot. But Clay's if Clay attacks, it's almost like they're just willing. They're like, okay, you you attack because you're going to spin yourself into some fadeaway that's a really hard shot, no matter what. And ultimately, you know, it's going to be Steph's game. I think he's going to. Ha- he may not have to play this well, but I think he's going to have to pretty much be the 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 you know this is usage rate Steph right we're not used to seeing usage rate Steph in this way he's got the ball all the time they're running so many mm-hmm. pick and rolls you would think that you know maybe he's he's uh gonna be tired but they got a couple of days off here here so you know there there's there's two days off he he can I think he's you know they always talk about his conditioning so I just think if 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 this team thinks that Steph's going to save their butt every time, we might be looking at three two going to the other the other court. This is this is a must win game though. We talked about this in the beginning. My biggest fear was them splitting their first two home games because I really wondered if they could win one in Boston, and thankfully they did. Now they get the home court back. Game five is must win. They have to attack this game. Like it's must win. And, you know, it's, it's, there were some leaky things about them in, uh, in game three. I don't know if they filled those holes, but at least they got the performances they needed. They desperately need game five because you have to give yourself a shot to come back in game seven. That is what you're ultimately playing for. And you get there by making sure you win game five. I got Warriors game five. I, w- cause I I think on the BAM pod, I try to be objective. Um, so I said that Celtics game three, Warriors game four, Warriors game five, Celtics game six, Warriors game seven. So I do have the Celtics winning in game six, which could be trouble. But, you know, like you said, I wonder if there's a way that you could pull Robert Williams out of the paint. Is there a way that we can get like Jordan Poole to go pick and roll, get get Rob and just dart to the corner, make Rob guard him there, and then Steph just tries to do something there. I don't know. Um, that that's a thought, but I'm sure it's not that easy because they do these you, like quick off ball switches. You know, you know who could do it, Draymond. Well, you get you get Steph and Looney at the top, pick and roll, uh, and so Robert Williams has to come out on Steph. And you get some Jonathan Kaminga back cuts to the rim. 
that's how you do it. Oh yeah. I I'm, keep saying that I'll, I'm with it too. Um, you said something. Oh, I think it would have been a Jordan Poole B plus game had he not gotten his third foul before the half ended because he was kind of on a roll there. He almost played good defense too. Almost played good defense on that play. As a step step behind. Yeah, yeah. But I think he was gonna. I think he was bound for a couple more points had he stayed in. I think we would have gotten a B plus. So let's hope that he's he's fired up for game five. I, I didn't. I didn't hate that foul at all because he finally stuck his butt in there. And tried to cut off a drive. I was so happy <laughs> just to like, oh, he did it. And now he's going to do it again. Okay, one more thing before we get out of here. I wanted to point out, we're talking about Clay's offense, Clay's offense, Clay's offense. He played a Jalen Brown back cut almost to perfection at the end of the game. Jalen Brown back cuts. Clay gets long. He makes it hard for Jalen Brown to catch that bounce pass. Jalen Brown takes it all the way to the corner. And for whatever reason, I think it was because he didn't know if he could save it or not, but he like saves it and maybe his momentum is falling a little bit Mm -hmm. and he brings it up and he just drops it out of bounds. And I don't even think Clay touched that ball, but that was great to see because when I saw Jalen Brown make that cut, my first instinct was that's a dunk. And then when I saw Clay catch up to him and, you know, I don't know if he even deflected the ball, but he made it really hard for Jalen Brown to catch. I was like, wow, Clay's instinct on that play was was perfect. And, you know, it's, it's kind of one of the things that the box score is not really going to tell you. And if you're not really watching for that kind of stuff, it, it's probably a play that gets a little bit, uh, you know, it, it, it just it's just not as. It's it's not a play that fans are going to go like, oh, that was a that was a great play. It's, it's just a little under well. It's just it's just underwhelming to I think the majority of the family. It's like, oh yeah, Jalen Brown just dropped the ball out of bounds. No, Clay made him work on that play. These guys are tired. It's late in the game. I thought that was a really that's a really great play. Um, my last note is that you know I think as fans, <clears throat> you know I'm not gonna. I'm not going to make fun of someone's wife or someone's baby, but I feel like we need to fight a little bit of fire with fire. I live like on a pretty busy street of San Francisco. So I'm thinking of, you know, writing, writing maybe that uh, Grant Williams, you know, isn't handsome hanging <laughs> up on my window. <laughs> and, and then we're fighting fire with fire there, baby. Grant, Grant Williams is, uh, his mama thinks that he's handsome, man. You should, you're going to hurt, you're going to hurt somebody's mom's feelings with that one. I got to take a dig that shouldn't hurt, but then they think about it a little more. It's going to hurt. You know, you think you, you talk about Grant Williams. What did he even do tonight? 12 minutes, four fouls. Like he was, he was, I, I know a lot of people thought he played well in game three. And I guess to an extent he did, even though it was that lineup he was in that yeah. double Williams lineup. That's kind of the one that started doing really well. So I think a lot of people put that to him being in there. That was, but it was just Rob Williams is awesome. But yeah, yeah. the Williams connection tonight wasn't completely there. I wonder what Bill's going to say. Cause he was like ready to, you know, go all in on Grant Williams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they played Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard 12 and 10 minutes. They really only played six players for the most part. So that that is interesting because they, I mean, they they have really seven guys that they trust and and Pritchard is is sort of there. If he's, if he's going to hit a shot, then he probably plays a little bit more. And if he doesn't, then he's going to play only 10 minutes like tonight. They don't trust anybody else. That is one thing I think you can kind of look for a little bit is kind of how if Grant Williams plays well, it is probably going to be a pretty good game for them because 
otherwise they just overplay their their top six guys. And they can't play Tice. The Warriors will just salivate every time Tice comes in the game. Yeah. All right. Um, the Bam Pods. You guys, when's the next? When's the next podcast? We're doing a podcast every two games. We used to do for the playoffs started. Like we can't do like after every game. I don't know why. Yeah. But I don't know. We can't do it. But um, we were doing like a a preview pod for the upcoming series. So like conference finals, we did a preview pod and then we do like a mid round check-in after both series have had their mm-hmm. game threes. And then we'll do a recap for this one. We've been doing every two games. So we've already done a preview and then we've done a mid check-in after the second game. And then we're going to do one after this game. So probably like this weekend or the next day. Yeah. All right. So uh, we will not be back on Monday. Cause I know you want to uh, kind of go check out. We'll Chase see. I'll, I'll probably only do it. If I, if I get like a couple people to come over. So I'll, I'll let you know. But um, it's it, it's Monday, Thursday, and Sunday, I believe, from here on out. So those are the next three games. One more, essentially one more week of basketball. The season is over. It's been a pretty insane season. Uh, this podcast was only really uh, born during the, the playoffs. I didn't even think about really doing anything until the Warriors were were in the playoffs. So uh, BSPN and, and all that. And I was like, ah, oh, we can do some Warrior stuff. So. You know, after the finals is over, we'll probably do like maybe once a week or something, but uh, not as often. Oh, I need to get some. We need to get some people to talk to, though. We need we need to get some like writers. We need to get we need to get uh, some you know some people close to the team on the show. But uh, all right, so that is it from here. It would have been a lot different story from us if they didn't pull this out. But Steph did not let them lose. He was amazing. Warriors win one hundred seven ninety seven. Heading for game five on Monday in San Francisco for Bry. I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. This is Andy Herman from the Packaday Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if we worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and business operations. Now they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be part of the BlueWire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash BlueWire. That's wefunder.com slash BlueWire.